Jerry, I know you're spearheading the patients and predict studies to try to determine the optimal therapy for non-tuberculous mycobacterium. These organisms can be very difficult to treat. Are there new antibiotics on the horizon or available today that we might be able to take advantage of? Yes, absolutely. I think at this moment in time, we have a couple candidates that are available to nearly all clinicians in the United States. The first one is liposomal amikacin, which was recently approved by the FDA for inhalation in patients who have failed treatment for MAC. And then this would be added onto guideline-based therapy that's already in place. So this would be basically for refractory cases. And there was quite a bit of concern and maybe even skepticism that it would be possible to achieve an improvement in endpoints in this group, which had failed conventional treatment, but this study was successful. And so this is really the first FDA-approved drug for the treatment of mycobacterium. And while the label did not include mycobacterium abscessus, the use of inhaled amikacin has been widespread in that population as well. A second drug that's available to most physicians in the United States is clofazamine. Clofazamine was originally developed for the treatment of leprosy, which is also in the mycobacterium genus. Clofazamine has the advantage of being an oral preparation, which is greatly preferred by our patients. It has a well-known side effect that it can darken the skin, but in our experience, this has not been a limiting factor. It has good activity against both MAC and abscessus, and it has synergy with amikacin. And it's a drug that is not available through prescription, but is available through an IND that can be filed through the FDA. And it does require that extra bit of paperwork, but many of the large CF centers or academic centers around the United States have those INDs in place. So a recent report that was included in the newsletter demonstrated the expected side effects, which the profile was actually quite favorable, and some evidence that it's beneficial as part of a three or four drug treatment program. Going forward, there's a lot of interest in a variety of different agents. This includes the anti-tuberculosis drug, Badaculin, which is FDA-approved for the treatment of mycobacterium tuberculosis, and there's planned trials both for abscessus and MAC. The inhaled growth factor, GMCSF, is being planned for a trial in CF to augment the immune response to mycobacteria. Use of inhaled nitric oxide is being planned both in CF and non-CF, again, to increase host defense against mycobacteria. There's a planned trial for IV gallium, which is a competitor to iron to disrupt the metabolism of mycobacteria with a planned trial for early eradication of patients asymptomatic of mycobacteria disease. And then a great number of other agents are on the horizon, which have activity as expanded spectrum antibiotics, including newer tetracycline and newer cephalosporins that have promised, especially against mycobacterium abscessus. So there is hope for our patients who are chronically infected with these infections and who have not responded to first-line therapy that additional antibiotics are on the way. That's great news because these are very challenging infections. Well, Jerry, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to speak with me about non-tuberculous mycobacterium and for putting together a wonderful special edition for e-cystic fibrosis review. Well, thank you for inviting me, and it's been my pleasure.